Deplorables, lizard people, insurrectionists, election deniers, conspiracy theorists, and mega, ultra, mega extremist Republicans. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are unindoctrinated, unvaccinated, unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. We are totally organic and non-GMO. On Conservative Talk, ABQKDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows. And check out the other useful resources I have posted there. You can get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Email me your questions and comments, or if you want to get started advertising, becca at freedomspeaknm.com. So lots of things going on in the world today, lots of uh, news. I've got an awesome guest in the studio with me, and I think it's going to be an awesome show. So stick around for all three hours. It's going to be great. I've been thinking a lot about the... um, with just the situation with wintertime in general, the holiday, a lot of people get the holiday blues. And I know I've been experiencing that a little bit myself over the past uh, couple of weeks. And so I thought I might do a little bit of research about that, talk about that a little bit for you out there that might be struggling with that same situation. You know, I've been talking a lot this year about how the tyrants have been pushing the New World Order, the Great Reset, Agenda 2030, the Green New Deal, and have been using tactics to divide us, scare us, indoctrinate us, and manipulate reality and words and language to forward their socialist agenda. Mask mandates, lockdowns, manufactured emergencies— They've pitted Americans against each other. And for many, it's created a sense of anxiety and depression in a large number of people in our country. Now that the holiday season is underway, this situation becomes even worse for a lot of people. We've become a much more divided country due to politics. Masked or unmasked. Vaxxed or unvaxxed. Pro-life or pro-choice. Woke or awake, as I say, or unwoke. I would classify myself as being unwoke. (laughs) Awake. (laughs) If you support the MAGA movement, there are those that will consider you to be racist, bigoted, a white supremacist, a homophobe. If you're a truth seeker, many will refer to you as a conspiracy theorist an election denier, anti-vaxxer, and anti-science. These divisions have broken up marriages, friendships, and families. A lot of people are, as a result, dealing with loneliness. It has made the holiday season even harder than usual for those that deal with depression and anxiety. 
What if the holiday season is already not the worst? Well, no, let me correct myself. What if the holiday season is already not the most wonderful time of the year for you? Maybe you're struggling with loneliness or have lost a family member. Maybe you're struggling financially and are not able to purchase gifts this year after you've been fired from your job for refusing to wear a mask or take an experimental injection. It could be that being around family during the holidays is a trigger for your addiction or eating disorder. Other common triggers for holiday sadness include stress, fatigue, unrealistic expectations, and over-commercialization. Many individuals find the holidays intolerable for many reasons, especially if they suffer from holiday depression. Of course, you do not want to be the downer or the bah humbug Scrooge of your family or family circle. So how do you find common ground with those that would like to have your company? During the holidays, there is a condition known as seasonal affective disorder. Oh, funny thing is the acronym for that is SAD. <laughs> this is a seasonal depression that peaks in the winter months due to shorter days and decreased sunlight. I hear about that a lot. I, I've gone on a couple of vacations to Alaska, and I hear that's a common thing they deal with in the wintertime up there because, well, it's dark all the time during the winter. There are actual chemical changes in your body that occur in the winter that including, including uh, decreased levels of serotonin, increased levels of melatonin, and low levels of vitamin D. There's also disruption in circadian rhythms which is the 24-hour cycles that are part of the body's internal clock, running in the background to carry out essential functions and processes. One of the most important and well-known circadian rhythms is the sleep-wake cycle. If what the evil tyrants in the world have been doing to us all has not been enough, the holiday blues can make it even worse. An article I found in Psychology Today give some tips on how to deal with the holiday blues. Now, I've updated a little bit because the article I found was from 2019, so I updated a little bit with some of the things that have been going on for the past couple of years. First of all, set realistic expectations. Instead of attending a handful of holiday parties, only commit to one or maybe skip the holiday parties altogether this year. You know, one thing that I am always talking to people about is over-planning is just too darn stressful. Don't over-plan. Don't, don't make it more work. It should be fun. You know, commit to going, I'm going to go to a party this Saturday with uh, some Patriot friends. It's going to be fun. Having hopes for the holidays can be stressful and can potentially cause you to spiral. It is perfectly okay to stay home, not making any plans, and do what makes you happy. Some people just stay home for the holidays and enjoy family. Family all comes over. You eat way too much food and, you know, and just hang out and enjoy having no plans. <laughs> Avoid triggering family members. Maybe there are one or two family members who continuously shame your views of politics or religion. Oh, I'm so thankful I don't deal with that. 
my my family is on the same page as I am, and I feel so fortunate over what's been going on, on over the past couple of years. We we all have the same views on things, and with only one exception I know of, we're all completely unvaxxed. Maybe you have family members that are telling you that you can't be around them if you won't wear a mask or you are not vaxxed. There's absolutely no rule stating you must spend time with these people. Even around the holidays, if you have family members that are triggering and causing you a lot of stress, then avoid them, even if it means skipping out on the family gathering. A lot of us have made new acquaintances over the past couple years of people that we consider our new families. Your mental health will benefit from this. Don't give in to the pressure to compromise your values. Spend time with like-minded friends instead. Many of us have created families and freedom over the past few years. Being alone is okay. Maybe this is your first holiday alone and you don't want to decorate the tree by yourself. You should do it anyway. You know, one thing I have found that people that are that are sad and, and they're feeling depressed, one thing that they do that makes things worse, in my opinion, is to just sit around the house and dwell on it. Force yourself to get out and do something because once you're out doing it, you'll be glad that you did. You'll you'll feel better. It's it's sometimes just getting started that's the hard part. If you enjoy holiday decorations, then you should spend time enjoying decorating your home in a tree. Turn on some Christmas music. I love Christmas music during the holidays. Or movies. And enjoy yourself. Maybe you should watch my favorite Christmas movie, uh, what, Lethal Weapon, I think. (laughs) People debate whether that's a Christmas movie or not. The same goes for making cookies, cooking Christmas dinner, and wrapping gifts. You're capable of doing all these festivities alone, especially if it brings you joy. Travel. That's something I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be traveling to visit my family next week, like I do every year. It's something I really look forward to, and yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Maybe you want to skip the holidays all day together and go out of town to get away and reflect. That's sometimes what, just what you need. Traveling is always a great way to escape the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. I remember one year that I took a break from my normal Christmas routine, and I made a trip to my favorite winter destination in Silverton, Colorado. I remember that year I just felt like doing something different. Um, I can't remember the reason why that particular year I did. But I went there with a couple of friends, and... On Christmas Day, it had a huge snowstorm. I mean, it literally, it snowed like three or four feet. And on Christmas Day, the whole town, I found out, gets together and does a town potluck Christmas dinner at the gymnasium at the high school. And I was told, hey, you guys are invited, you know. There's plenty of food. I went there, and almost the whole town was there, and everybody brought covered dishes, and oh my God, that was the most amazing meal ever, and I had such a great time hanging out with a bunch of people. It was really fun, and it was something different. I think it was probably one of my best Christmases ever. And if you really need to, talk to a therapist. 
Maybe this is your first holiday without your spouse or your children. This time of year can be especially triggering if you're still grieving a loved one. Talking to a mental health expert, a close friend, or even your pastor about your feelings can help you from becoming self-destructive during this time of year. It can also give you coping skills that can help you process your grief. Ultimately, it's up to you to decide how you're going to spend this holiday season. Our society puts a lot of pressure on us during this time of year, especially now, but it's essential to take the time and space to decide what makes you happy. Once again, the federal government is trying to scare everybody into jumping into a bloated tax-and-spend budget that will continue to bankrupt our country and further violate our freedom and liberty. I have news for you. The government never really shuts down. They say that every year. They do this nonsense every year. And I want to ask you, do you really care if the federal government shuts down? I, I mean, I don't. I wish they would shut down to stay shut down because then they're leaving me alone. Totalitarian tyrants use loneliness as a weapon against us. And they've been doing that the past couple of years. They've been scaring people. They've been separating them. And that was exactly the plan. So don't let that pile up on you during the holiday season because it's bad enough for some people during the holiday season anyway. This holiday season will pass regardless of how you spend it. Your life will never be dictated by how you spent the holidays. Be sure to take each day as it comes and remember that it's okay if this is not your wonderful time of the year. I personally think that you can make it that way. Don't be pressured. Live your life by your own rules. Don't let tyrants or indoctrinated people ruin your day or your holiday. In a quote by Hannah Arendt, In the origins of totalitarianism, she stated, Terror can rule absolutely only over men who are isolated against each other. Therefore, one of the primary concerns of all tyrannical government is to bring this isolation about. So don't be isolated. Hang out with your patriot friends. Remember, we still live in a free country. And remember the true meaning of Christmas. It's not about going shopping. It's not about Black Friday. It's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, that wasn't the date he was actually born. Well, does that really matter? This is when we're celebrating it, okay? It's as simple as that. Don't overthink the whole thing. Anyway, so I am happy to have uh, former gubernatorial candidate Karen Bedoni in the studio with me today. I've been wanting to have her in for a little while, and so I've got her for the whole three hours today. <laughs> she, let, let me tell you something about, about Karen. I, you know, all this time for going on three years now that I've been part of the freedom movement and I remember going to some of those early rallies that we did. Um, I remember Karen has been going to a lot of those rallies. She's been all over the place. And she's still fighting the good fight. Unlike our um, recent candidate, which lost the election, which now is nowhere to be seen, appeared out of nowhere and then disappeared right after. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
That should tell you something. <laughs> anyway, Karen, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And Merry Christmas, actually. I'm, I'm listening to your intro, and I, I have a lot to... Um, it, it touched a, a, a very... Um, important part of my life too, because I think we're all struggling with Christmas. Yeah, I but think so. I, I'm I'm so happy to be out again. Um, I haven't really done anything since the election, so it's, it feels good. So, and from Navajo Nation, they say Yat e Kashmish. That's how they say it. We learned how to say. And what does Christmas. that mean? Um, Yat e always means everything in a well, good spirit, in a beautiful way. Okay. And Kashmish, because we we didn't know how to say Christmas, and okay. so they said Kashmish. Okay. Yeah. So Yat e nice. Kashmish. Thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on your mind? Oh, just listening to you. I, I was just thinking about how I'm also not feeling the Christmas spirit come flying in like it used, used to. It's a little different. Um, times are harder. Um, politics is weighing down on our minds. Um, we're, we're right now we're resting. We're recuperating from such a long um, campaign journey. And the fact is, is that I can't fit in the Christmas box right now. Um, you know, the decorating and the lights. And I just, um, like you said, you just don't feel like it. And so we decided to do things differently this year and not try to jam ourselves into the the usual um, marketable Christmas. Yeah. And so we're doing everything um, out of order. <laughs> and so we, we are having a good time doing it, me and my children and my husband. And so like you said, just because it's not the exact day, technically, that's what we're doing is celebrating. So we just got back from a trip and we were basically celebrating our anniversaries that we've missed because we've been so busy. So our anniversary actually falls. And it's always such a chaotic time of the year in yeah. September. Okay. And there's always something happening and it's never convenient. And so yeah. we finally took a trip, but it's way in December, but we're celebrating it now and we really enjoyed ourselves. Now you were, to, I think before the show, you were, you traveled up to like my part of the, the country where I grew up, right? Ohio, you were up that way. Yeah. And I didn't know you were from there. And yeah. it's such a beautiful, beautiful state. I love it there. Lots of big trees. Well, and the people, I was just so, um, re-energized because the people were so nice and I was really appreciative of that because no one knew who I was I could walk around and you know be places and it was great because I didn't have to talk about politics and being out there and just being around good people yeah um, it, it felt really good and then the the Christmas spirit is there it is the, the trees are huge downtown and we, we took a lot of pictures and we did a YouTube video on it so that's going to be did out you soon. go down around Fountain Square downtown yes yeah. and then all the way up to the to the north to the is it Finley Market uh-huh we went to the market um, we did a tour I did a hidden um, tavern tours they took us down in the tunnels underneath the city oh was, I've never done that it was interesting very really? interesting maybe I'll do that this year <laughs> <laughs> it was great we learned so much about the city um, I even rode bikes with my husband because we went okay worst Indian ever if there's no mountains I didn't know which direction <laughs> there aren't any mountains they have hills there well, that's it <laughs> and the buildings were so tall that I couldn't get my directions I kept uh -huh. telling husband I was like I'm the worst Indian ever I don't even know which way is east here and so, so was, that's not like in your DNA right <laughs> so we, we did an experiment, right? It's not in our DNA. And I was walking the wrong direction, and, and my GPS it kept getting goofy because of the tall buildings. And so I was walking away from the river. I was trying to get down to the river. Oh, yeah. So we are walking the opposite direction. And I think I said, I think this feels like it's uphill, but I can't tell. 
And so we were way up north. And so I said, well, how are we going to get back down? And, and we saw these little rent-a-bikes. So we rented some bikes. Oh, and nice. so we have actual video footage of me on a bike <laughs> with my husband. And he's having the greatest time. And we're zooming downtown because you can't ride on the sidewalks. So I'm with the traffic and i am got the little bell, you know, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waving at people, you know, the workers, the construction workers. And I'm having the best time of my life in Cincinnati. And it was beautiful. You know, the thing about Ohio that I, and I didn't notice this because I, I grew up in Ohio and I uh, moved to, uh, when I was like 19, I moved to Texas for a couple of, a couple of years. And I didn't, one thing that when you grow up in Ohio, and I think it's really still a lot like this, is there is not really a diverse culture in Ohio at all. Um, it's, you know, most of the people that are there are people that are generational you know that they they they're born there and they never leave and their family and their uh, live there before and then you got some people there from tennessee and kentucky but that's it i mean everybody it's a very monocultural uh, kind of a place and you know at least that's the way it was when i grew up well, there we kind of got that sense too yeah. because we were wearing my husband was wearing his medallion it's mm-hmm. a beaded medallion with the bangles on it he's a big old bangles fan that's why we went was for the yeah. game then i had my beaded um flower that i always wear and you know that's just normal um attire for us here mm-hmm. in new mexico <laughs> yeah but we're over there they're like oh look it's like Indians. <laughs> and it was great because they're like, where are you from? And they knew we weren't from right. there. And they're like, oh, you're, you got big rings. And they were talking to me. And, yeah. and people were touching my hair. You're going to stand out and people are going to be curious. Yeah. And it was yeah. interesting. And I was like, wow. And I realized, oh, okay, this, is, this makes sense now. Yeah. It makes sense. But it then I, I met so many. Um, everybody is um, a Cherokee descendant, which I keep thinking everyone's probably part Native by now, which means probably. the policies and the, the history that I'm fighting for now affects all of America. So this is a great time to be in politics. So <laughs> as I was going through this whole process of, of meeting all these new people, um, they were so nice. It was it was a beautiful um, experience. You know, one thing about Ohio, and it's like I, I notice this when I go back there, it's things are things are slow. You know, it's like I noticed when, when I was like 19 and I moved to Texas uh, from Ohio for a couple of years, things were so fast. Everything was moving so fast. And it's like Ohio, everything just moves kind of slow. People get things people get things done, but it's just it's a completely different kind of an atmosphere. Right. Well, yeah. and the sun went down, I think, like at 445, because uh-huh. it was completely dark by five. And we felt like it was like eight or 10, because we were like so, it was our whole rhythm was off. Yeah. But we had, I mean, if you go to the video, we did so much. And, it, and, and we were just, we were everywhere. And it felt like the time did move at a slower pace. And yeah. I really appreciated that too, because here in my life, everything flies by. You know, especially when you're trying to get things done and you're fighting a war in politics. (laughs) Tell me about it. Oh, my gosh. So, gosh, what do we want to talk about first? There there is so much stuff going on right now in the world. It's like you you notice from my notes, I, I like like I just had all of these things happening. I mean, we let's see what I want to talk about first. I was. uh, okay. let's talk about, you know, that they're trying to push through that omnibus bill. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Now, I I think I heard on the news this morning they 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 managed they they signed a CR a continuing resolution. Yeah, for December twenty third. Right. So they're trying to break it before Christmas. Right. So the thing that drives me crazy 
is that we, you know, they do this. It seems like they do this every year. And then we hear this thing where they're talking about raising the debt limit and all of that. They want to print more money. They want to print more money. That has which, no backing. Which right, which people don't understand. When you print more money and there's more of it, it becomes worth less. Right. It's devaluing the dollar, and that's why we have inflation. So when you buy product from other countries, because everything that we have, our iPhones, you know, car parts, just coming from China, our dollar value isn't worth as much now because we're printing so much that it takes more of those dollars to purchase product and bring it in. So our buying power has been diminished. That's why you're seeing inflations happen in the stores. So if you're a Walmart uh, person or a Dollar Tree or a dollar store and you think you're actually going in there, no, you are paying um, for basically a bunch of trash because there's no product that's actually worth worth its value because our dollar in America has been taken down to nothing yeah it has and you know when you got more of something it's worth less that's just the way it works it's supply and demand right it's like it's, it's a basic rule of economics i yep. learned when i was in college it's and it's it's so simple and people like to complicate it yeah but you, you don't complicate it you just simplify it and then it makes more sense um but yeah this bill that they're doing and raising the debt limit it, it's it's nuts and it's a three thousand page bill i mean who has time to read all that when one sentence could change the whole thing you know, it, it could change the whole context of how money can be spent or pushed. But they're they're screaming for um, budgeting items. I think Biden wants to request, or he did request, fifty six point three billion for Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know, I've been saying all along on this Ukraine thing that I think it's a money laundering operation. Of course, it and is. I think more and more evidence comes out about that. It's like, and then you have so many Americans that Americans, I think we've discovered over the past couple, three years, are uh, very gullible, you know? They just, they, they do what they're told, and they don't even ask questions. Oh, no, they fly that Ukraine flag, you know? They fly that Ukraine <laughs> flag, and it's like, oh, why? it's like, I, I, I see that. It's like, there's like a dentist office down the, down the road from uh, where I live, and I know... I don't know, I think it was about a year or so ago, I was I went in there and I wanted to have some major dental work done, like $10,000 worth of dental work done. <clears throat> and they would not <clears throat> they would not budge on letting me come into the office without a mask. And it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to do business with you then. You know, you're going to lose my business. And Insane. it's like, yeah, it's like, am I going to be wearing a mask while you're working on my teeth? I don't think <laughs> exactly. so. Exactly. So how does it make any sense for me to come into the office wearing a mask? It, it, it doesn't. It's, it's insanity. And people yet, yet people follow along with this stuff, and they don't ask any questions. It's, no. It's no. like, does this not make sense to you? It's like, it's like, yet you're just doing it without question. So... You know, ultimately, I ended up uh, going through. I looked up dentists in Albuquerque. I call. I went right, right down the list, called every single one, and asked them, "Okay, you going to make me a wa- wear a mask?" Like, yes. Okay. Well, sorry. Click. Go to the next one, and then I found one that says, "No, we'll make accommodations for you." It's like, oh, great! I'll do business with you. Which happens to be the dentist, which uh, is my sponsor and advertises on this station now. Oh, yay! Yeah, see, Patreon. <laughs> and he got my there. money. Yes, I'm sure he was very happy to have my ten thousand dollars. <laughs> and, and, and patriots <laughs> need to be doing that. And so when you do business, it's crucial that we keep those type of businesses in business because they get it. Yes. So when people are doing these weird measures that make no sense, I always um, question their intellectual level. Are you sound um, do you understand what's really happening yeah and and how how are you functioning you know and, and so 
we, we, when you think about why things happen, so why are they pushing money to Ukraine? And it, the reason why it's happening is because we don't have laws or the arm reach to audit Ukraine because they're their own country. Mm-hmm. So what happens, once the money passes the membrane into their hands, we don't have a say-so. They can use it any way they want. Yeah. So it's a deal. So what they're doing is they're basically divvying it out other directions not for what it was supposed to be for so people are over here trying to gun grab us but then we want to fund them to buy more guns for this war yeah so why is a war over there okay but then for us to defend ourselves it's not right so there's so many why questions i have with this whole entire thing that i don't trust the government i really no. don't and and so when people just have to ask the simple question why then it starts to open up your mind. And I really implore people to go seek out those answers because I can sit here and talk all day long, blue in the face and tell you why. But a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy. And like you said, they'll call me all those names, conspiracy theorists. They will. And they have. Yes. And I'm like, wow. So now all those labels that I have, um, I'm carrying them and I'm okay with that. You know, I I just embrace them. It's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. And and so when you finally, um, I guess, get to that point, um, there's not a lot they can do to you anymore, any further. And so that's what I want people to have that is to enjoy that empowering notion and also have the courage to stand up for yourself, Mm -hmm. find your freedom. And that's what this whole Christmas spirit is about too. find your freedom in this time of the holiday season. And it's not about the presence and the marketing. It's about you yourself being thankful and reflecting on the tail end of this year. And don't wait for those resolutions. Oh, I'm going to start January 1st. No, start them now. Get yourself out of this rut. Do it now. And that's exactly what I've been doing on my whole podcast and YouTube channels. I'm changing the way I am doing things because I'm trying to better my life for the long, dark winter that they're supposed, the long, dark winter. supposed to come yes. get us. You know? The winter and, of death or whatever he was calling well, it. Well, I mean, and, and groceries. Kind of and so I'm looking it. at my grocery receipt. So it's going up to almost what it used to be three hundred dollars a week for my family you know, of ten. Now we're up to six to seven hundred. Yeah, I mean, how do, same products. How do people on a fixed budget observe? Hey, Karen, yeah. we're at the we're at the break, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come right back, and sure. we'll continue. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. 
You're a part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. everybody. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie, and you are listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. By the way, in case you have n- haven't noticed, um, the music has changed on the show, so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, we uh, ran into some issues where somebody was complaining about, well, you know, we might be violating some copyright stuff. It's like, uh, so we got to change that. So anyway, um, so I found some good uh, royalty-free music to play as bumper music, various different ones. I found quite a list of them now that I went through, and it's like, oh, I like that one, you know. So, um, and on the intro to the show, I'm still working on keeping uh, the Ted Nugent song. I couldn't use it today, but I'm in contact with his people, and I we've been talking, emailing back and forth the past few days, and it's like I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna make it possible for me to use that song so anyway i'll keep you updated on that although the one i'm using right now it's 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 good for now so i am uh here with uh my guest karen bedoni and uh we've been talking a little bit about uh, the christmas spirit and the kind of struggles people deal with over the holidays and i mean it's been bad enough as it is over the past couple of years all the crap that the you know regime has been doing to us, the illegitimate regime that is in Washington, which uh, I am not going to, I'm never going to say that he was actually really elected. I think it really was an insurrection, only it was not the insurrection they're trying to push. It was they that did the insurrection. I mentioned that last week. So, Karen, we were talking about what were we talking about right before oh, the break? Oh, we were talking about the omnibus bill and how the omnibus with. bill. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you know, I um, I found uh, there was a uh, 
a forum in which Ron Johnson, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, and Rick Scott were talking about this omnibus bill. And I recorded some clips for it that I thought I would share with everybody in case they haven't heard this, because I think they ask a lot of good questions. Hey, uh, Michelle, can you um, run clip two? This is this is, Ron from my standpoint, uh, pretty simple, pretty basic. Uh, I, I view, you know, both both the Senator Scott and I come from the private sector in business, and you know, we're just used to having financial information and having a pretty disciplined process of reviewing it. Uh, certainly, before we we agree to budgets in our business, uh, the analogy would be that uh, we, as 535 members of Congress, uh, we literally are the board of directors of the largest financial entity in the world, and we never talk numbers. I mean, you've got the number here, so it's not, a, it's not a fair question to ask, but I've been asking colleagues, I've been asking reporters, do you know how much the federal government spent last year? And most people I ask look pretty flummoxed, and I say, don't, you know, don't, don't feel bad, it's not your fault, it's because we never talk about it. And so what, what I've done is I've just prepared this chart that gives, just gives you some basic information. Uh, one number I want to point out is the $4.4 trillion. That, that's what we were spending Think totally. Think about that, $4.4 you know, trillion. discretionary dollars. spending in 2019 before that's the pandemic. That's 12 zeros. Now, again, we, we, we recognize you know, we had a pandemic, and you know Congress spent all kinds of money. In, in total, it was about $6.4 trillion over three years more than the baseline of 2019 spending, 6.4. One of the things that surprised me is I put this chart together, breaking out, Discretionary now, versus hold that for a second, Michelle. Now, <clears throat> I did a little bit of math here. Now, one thing I can tell you, and I've mentioned this before, is accounting is something that I, I hate. I hate accounting. It's, it's like I'm an engineer, and, I, and, and I'm good with numbers, but I hate accounting. Thinking about it literally just makes me feel like my head's going to explode. But... So you can do some basic, all of you can do some basic maths. First of all, I had to, it's like, how many zeros is in a trillion? That's 12 zeros, okay? A billion is nine zeros. A trillion is 12 zeros. So $1 trillion is $1,000 billion, okay? I want you to just try to wrap your head around how much money that is, okay? So... I'm thinking, oh, they're going to spend $6 trillion in the budget. Okay, how many people are in the United States? About 3 million, right? 331 was the last million. count from last year. Right. So I divided that. $6 trillion divided by 331 million people, roughly. Right. That comes to, now keep in mind, that 331 million people, that's babies, that's children, that's that's old people that are retired, and, and yes, the working people too. That comes up to, if everybody was to pay an equal share of that $6 trillion, that would be 18000 roughly $18,000 per person. Think about that. Wow, that would be uh, what, $190,000 thousand dollars for my family that i'd have to pay to help cover that <laughs> <laughs> right right that's I, insane and we don't make that much. it's absolutely insane <laughs> right so how do they do that they don't they're making it up and i, I 
I don't really think it's it's just numbers on on spreadsheets and they're just moving it. And I think it's, a lot of it is being used on credit. I, I really don't think how they can move that much money. They can't because there's not enough. I I you know I like, and and why aren't more people terrified over this? It's like okay. Do you realize that they have essentially... Now, I, actually, I want to continue on with what Ron Johnson's saying here because he says something really important. Go ahead and go thing is, I would have thought all that temporary COVID relief spending would have been discretionary. You know, once the crisis, once the pandemic passed, that spending would have just gone away. But in fact, only a trillion of the $6.4 trillion was allocated to discretionary and $5.4 trillion was put into mandatory. I don't understand that. I'm not sure anybody understands that other than a, f a few you know, budget experts somewhere in the administration or maybe in the appropriations committees. We, we just, I mean, I was shocked by that. The, the other thing I find pretty shocking, again, we, we really don't know, you know what the negotiators are negotiating from a standpoint of discretionary spending. That's what you know, the omnibus or NECR is just talking about there. But we do know from the latest Treasury report from 2013 that in total, they're estimating 2023 20, spending will be $6 trillion. So you look at $6 trillion versus 4.4 in, in just that four-year time period, have we literally just increased the baseline spending from 4.4 to $6 trillion, another a $1.6 trillion increase, about 36% increase, if that's the case, we'll never balance the budget. I'll throw two more. I know this is a lot of numbers, but let me just throw a couple more out. Had we just grown the 4.4 by a factor of population growth plus inflation, that number should be about $4.8 trillion. Wow, they're okay? buying against the unborn. Last year, yeah. the federal they're... government raised in revenue $4.9 Okay, hold that. Okay. What he just said, okay, now listen to this. What he just said is very, very important. He just said that the entire amount of money that the federal government raised from us, the taxpayers, was $4.9 yet they're talking about spending $6 trillion. Right. They're in the red already. They're, they're, oh, my God, they're like way <laughs> in the red. Way in the red. I, and it's insane, and, and no one's talking about this. Everyone no. is just, um, just, just... Being busy on their hamster wheels. <laughs> Being busy, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this is insane. And, and when you think about it, and in the whole, it makes your head spin. It doesn't. It makes you. It makes me very nauseous because I realize that what are we doing? And is my livelihood? Because you go out to buy the groceries, you go out to buy the fuel, you go out there to keep your business afloat, you go out there to pay your taxes. What is it all for? Because this government is not going to protect us. It's not going to ensure our prosperity. It's never going to promise us our freedom and our liberty. We have to consistently struggle to keep it and pull it back from their wicked little hands. Yeah. And so this bill is nuts. And the fact that they're Congress members asking, what are we doing? When they're the ones that should be writing the budget. Yeah. Because are we not electing the smartest people in our states? Obviously not. Because... These guys are all in the dark. How many pages does they say? 3,000 3, pages. Okay, so so this bill is 3,000 pages long, and and Ron Johnson and these other guys, which I'm going to play these clips too, are about to tell you that they haven't seen the bill yet. Okay, so here <laughs> here is a question I ask all the time, which really just makes me wonder, and why aren't you wondering it too? Okay, what do we 
hire these people for? What do we hire Congress for? What do we elect these? These people are the people responsible for making the laws and and deciding how the money gets spent. So if they don't know what's in the bill and they had no part in writing the bill, who the hell wrote the bill? <laughs> well, well, the 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 level of re- requirement we're needed. We want them just to read it at least. They're not even reading it. They're yes. not getting through the 3,000 pages. But the highest bar of excellence that we should be expecting from Congress would be you need to write the bill so that you know what you're fighting for right. so that you're ultimately responsible to the American people. And that's what transparency is. So every one of these Congress representatives, congressional people, are not responsible and they're not being held accountable, but they're sitting here and they're saying, we don't even know what's in it. <laughs> and they want us they want us to vote on it without even reading it. It's kind of like Nancy Pelosi when you said you got to vote for the bill before you can see what's in the bill. It's oh, like, I remember when she said that's that. That's absolute insanity. Right, right. So if she they, they bought us a CR for how many days? So how many pages per day do you have to get through to make sure you can get through it before you're ready to vote? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not just reading it. You have to comprehend because when they use the, I know that the English language, it's such a weak language when you think about it, because in terms of um, logistics and legalizing um, words, it can change, it changes everything. And so 3,000 pages, you're looking at millions of words that, that could endanger or, you know, basically we're, we're losing our country. We're yes, losing our country entirely. We are. We are. And, you know, these guys, these four guys, I don't know, but apparently there are Republicans that would vote for the bill without reading the bill. Personally, I, what wasn't it a while back there was a congressman that insisted that he basically, he basically had a filibuster where he made everybody sit there and listen while he read the entire bill. I, I, I remember I, that. I, I can't remember that was now. And and they can't leave. And I remember he, yeah. he had to use the bathroom in... Was it a coffee can or something? <laughs> yeah. Because once you get off the stage right. and you're trying to fill a bus, right. they, it's over. Right. But you have to keep talking consistently and there's no breaks. And so he was eating. I think Rand Paul did this too. It might have been Rand Paul. He had to eat as he was speaking and he was up there for almost, I think the longest, I can't remember what the record is. It's like, 14 hours or right. something. Yeah, I don't remember what the record is, but these filibusters are amazing, but they ha- they're actual funny when you think about it, but they, what they're really doing is they're trying to stop crap like this being yeah. passed. Yeah. And so they filibuster as long as they can until people give up, give out, leave, and then they don't vote and they lose the seats so they don't have enough votes and then they also drop below quorum. So that's the, the point of it all. Well, yeah. Well, you know what I would do is when I go camping... I've got a camping toilet I bring with me. It's like a round thing. It has a lid that goes over. You take the lid off. It's got the potty seat on it and everything. <laughs> what I would do is I would bring one of those into Congress with me. I would set it up there. That way I have a place to go, you know, because how long is it going to take to read it? For me, I I mean, I, I've read bills that were far less than that that took me hours and hours and hours. It's like, so you sit up there. And you read the 3,000-page bill. You know what I think we should do? It should be like being in school. You should, you should afterwards have to take a test. 
Well, I think that all Congress and people running for high office need to take an exam. If yeah. you don't know the Constitution and the rights of the people, then you have no business running for office. Because even that, when you look at other candidates, even when I've run races, other candidates, and I've gone into and talked with them, and one particular candidate was asked the question, do you know what the Electoral College is and do you support it? And he said, I don't know what that is. I'll have to get back to you. And I almost fell over. I was like, wow. And that was the last governorial gubernatorial candidate I ran against. What? He didn't know what it was. You're that, kidding me. No. You can was, say the name. <laughs> Mark Ronchetti didn't know what the electoral college was. He didn't college, know what the electoral college that was. That was during his Senate run because I was running for Congress. So we were at the same location speaking and he was asked that question and he bombed it. Oh my gosh. And it floored me. And that's when I realized this guy is not not here for the people. He's not here for service and he doesn't even have the elect- intellectual capacity to do what the job requires him to do would be to read and understand what we're really up against. Yeah. No, he's just going to tell you what you want to hear. And so that was what, what I think we all need to take a test. Uh, no kidding. And the most intellectual ones need to come up and rise to the top and then those are the ones that can run for office. Well, you know, I think that Often, and I, I've seen this to be the case, that people that are legal immigrants that have come to this country and gone through the process know more about the Constitution than your typical American does. Well, the requirements for high school education, the, these, the generation that we're talking to, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So a lot of the stuff that I'm, I'm saying is going right over their heads. Mm-hmm. But the immigrants that did the work, they understand and they're on board. So we're not the mega, um, you know, racial, cultural, anti, whatever they want to call us, because they get it, because they went through the process. Yeah. But fighting for freedom and liberty, when you want to finally understand what the value of it and what's at stake it really does scare you because you realize that oh my gosh we're going to lose our republic yeah meanwhile you got yahoos running around saying oh the democracy we need to save the democracy no you- we don't live in a democracy <laughs> for starters <laughs> yes that, that drives me crazy i i hear like even conservative supposedly conservative news stations where reporters are up there and they're ta- they're referring to our democracy it's like right what democracy? We don't have a democracy. Well, even when I'm cooking and the TV's on, I'll be correcting them. Nope, it's a republic. Yeah. And my yeah. kids are laughing at me because I'm so calm about it now. Before, I used to get all upset because I'm like, yeah. that's so wrong. Why are they saying? Now I don't even question. I, I just kind of correct it as oh, I, I go. Because they don't know no better. And, no. and Yeah, and that, that's where I, I, feel, I feel bad. Let's finish that Ron Johnson clip, uh, Michelle. Uh, isn't that kind of tantalizing from a standpoint that if we exhibited some financial discipline here, that we actually could have in sight a balanced budget so we wouldn't keep growing our debt where all this deficit spending wouldn't continue to fuel inflation. One more little factoid to throw out there. Because of inflation, a dollar you all held at the start of the Biden administration is worth less than 88 cents today. We're talking about defense spending. Somewhere we've been told, we haven't seen it in writing, but we've been told about $858 billion worth of defense spending. That's only worth about $750 billion from the start of the Biden administration because of inflation. We're, we're, we're mortgaging our kids' future. This is killing us from they're, a financial standpoint. It, it's got to stop. This process has to stop, which is why I supported Senator Lee's unanimous consent request yesterday to pass a CR as much as we all hate CRs 
the dysfunction, the dysfunction they represent. But pass the CR that gets us into next year, not, not only to give a Republican House an opportunity to respond to the people that, that put them in place, but also to give us time to start understanding what these numbers actually mean. And so with that, I'd like to, I think, introduce uh, Senator Lee, who, who offered that uh, uh, CR request uh, yesterday. Okay, so why is this such a foreign concept to the government about a balanced budget? It's like, you know, you were talking about, Karen, about how you go to the grocery store, and the, the groceries that you bought that used to cost uh, $300 before are like $600 now, and you are probably got the same amount of money coming in. So it's like... People that are living like on a fixed budget, I don't, I don't know how they survive this. I really don't. Right. And you have to change your recipes. I mean, you're looking for different loopholes, how to cook better meals where you're not. And the thing about it is when you start eating less, um, supposedly like, like the human body, you just kind of, your stomach kind of shrinks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking that people are adjusting even though they don't want to adjust. But my thing is, is why are we doing this in America? Are we not the greatest country in the world? And so the, the actual average American is having to do without and it's like, well, you're spoiled and you, you you should do without anyway, you know. And so there's this whole paradigm that we're fighting against. But my thing is, is the American people shouldn't have to suffer and do without. We have no excuse. And it should be our choice, but we shouldn't be made to do it. And that's the difference between communism versus, you know, a free a free nation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So let's go on to what Mike Lee had to say here. Uh, clip three, Michelle. Just a few days from now, uh, we'll be getting a bill. We'll be receiving spending legislation that we'll be expected to vote on. That spending legislation, I predict, will be <clears throat> two or 3,000 pages long. It'll spend over $1.6 trillion. 1.7 uh, yesterday. It has yet to be seen by anyone. You haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. In fact, uh, we don't even have top-line numbers for it yet. <clears throat> We're told... <clears throat> it's going to be a great deal that we'd, we'd have to jump at it, that, that it would make a lot of sense. I struggle with that. I also struggle with the suggestion that this is an appropriate activity for Republicans to eagerly engage in at the precise moment when control of the House of Representatives have, has just flipped from the Democrats to Republicans and will be flipping as of noon on January 3rd under the 20th Amendment. So I, I struggle with the suggestion that it makes sense to do that. I look, gone back uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, the mid-1950s, 19, since 1954, we've seen control of the House flip from one party to the other uh, five times always in, in midterm elections during that time period. And during those midterm elections, when it flipped, there are exactly zero examples <clears throat> of where the outgoing Congress passed a comprehensive spending bill in the lame duck session following that election, producing the majority shifting result. <laughs> Why would we want to break with this precedent here? Why do that here? Because the, Look, Democrats the, the wrote Democratic the bill. Yeah. majority in, in the House and in the Senate that they've enjoyed for the last two years, well, along with the Democratic no White House, part in no. the has the gotten was a lot passed. They've, they've uh, uh, accumulated um, about $4 trillion 
in new debt during that time period. They've spent an ungodly sum of money. They couldn't get their act together enough to pass a, a full fiscal year spending bill prior to the election. It was their choice. Not sure why they chose to do it that way, but they did. Having done that, I, I don't see any reason why Republicans should jump to their aid. Remember, they, they can't do this without Republican help, at least 10 Republicans in the Senate. I don't know why any Republican, let alone 10, would want to help them do that in that circumstance. And there are those who say, well, it'll be too hard for Kevin McCarthy if um, we put these spending decisions on his shoulders as the new speaker early next year. Well, then I talked to Kevin McCarthy this morning after I heard a number of my colleagues saying that, and he said, nonsense. I'd love to do it. We need to do it. It would be malpractice for Republicans to pass an omnibus spending bill. And he said, in fact, I'm about to do a press conference on that. I, I don't know whether that's still going, but I think that well, started think about 1 o'clock. Hell so no. he completely hell disagrees no. with it. <laughs> it Not so just no, but hell no. Yeah, yeah. That a Republican House of Representatives. <laughs> so I watched that one. Yeah. So here's the thing. It's like you or me, okay, we have to live by a budget. It's like, you know, we have a certain amount of money that we have to spend to pay our bills. We have a certain amount of money coming in. And if we get in a really desperate bind, then you may have to, okay, to carry Rob me Peter over. to pay Paul. Yeah, Sometimes. we all use a credit card, <laughs> you know. But at some point, that credit on the credit card is going to run out. Yes, and you, you got to pay like, back. But what does the U.S. government do when their credit on their credit card runs they out? Get another. Credit they get card. a bigger. They get another credit card, or they get a. They they get the limit increased. Right. Well, one thing about that bill, I was looking at three point five billion dollars in homeland security when they don't want to finish the wall but they want to put the money in to put more um you know measures out there more cameras more whatever for to stop the yeah. whole immigration crisis when they couldn't use the money in the 4.4 trillion back there that they were using them to purchase all the material to finish the wall but they couldn't think about well in the long run we'll save money so they're not even talking about saving money and doing measures they, they didn't it's just laying in the dirt, the material. I know. And they never finished the wall. And so they're, they are just running rampant. I think they're a bunch of spoiled brats. These Democrats that are in there that have written this bill, it's it's horrifying. And there's a, a, a CD3 Connecticut um, representative. The, she has blue hair now. Rosa, oh, my gosh. Uh, is it D. Loaro? Is that how you say her name? Loaro? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I haven't she's heard She's the her. one that's okay. reporting all this stuff, and she's okay. part, that's part of her scene. And she has blue hair. A, she yeah. has blue hair now, but she's the one that's pushing all of this, and, and, and she's hoping that we get it done by December 23rd before Christmas Eve. Well, of course they're hoping they get it done because they've got a lot of their pork in there that they want to get past. Which, Those Republicans better dig their heels. Which, which it, it, it should terrify you wondering about what's in there. It's like... There are so many things in there, I guarantee you, that are going to involve further infringement upon our freedom and liberty. So is that media cartel part of it inside this bill? Probably. They're going to budget for it? I think they're probably, I think they would. I See, I don't under. Maybe we'll talk. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that after the break. So, okay. do you you know that, that bill they're trying to pass that has to do with the media cartel? And I, I'm, I'm a little confused on that i read through it and it's like okay i'm having trouble wrapping my head around that one do you have an understanding of that what they're yeah, trying well, yeah. to do? well from what i've read and stuff yes it's going to do all it's going to do it's going to trample the little people 
It's going to trample the smaller radio stations, the smaller TV stations, and it's the big, big media that's Are they win. basically going to be able to muzzle the little guy and say, oh, you can't talk about this? Kind of, but they're going to basically use their money and their power to, to wipe them out. Yeah. And so people like um, uh, patriots that are running for office, they'll be able to muzzle us. Yeah. So like they did with KO before, what they did to me and then let me debate. They gave me some, you know, yeah, I thought that was completely wrong. Yes. And yeah. see, that's what they're going to do. Because right now, it would seem like, well, that's illegal. It's against the Constitution. You know, it's against hey, Karen. Her. Yeah. We're at the break. Okay, here we we'll go. We'll come back. <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. And then I also want to talk about this thing with the uh, with the fusion uh, fusion energy thing. It's like I, I've got a, a, an interesting take on that. We'll be back. <laughs> 